Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 21, as the New York Rangers finally defeated the New York Islanders. Boy, oh boy, uh, what a game, what a start that was uh, for the New York Rangers in terms of uh, just making us feel that pit in our stomachs that we are so used to when this team just underperforms, but luckily they edge out the New York Islanders. Uh, it is uh, Christmas when you're listening to this as the podcast has come out on Sunday so Merry Christmas and I have to ask Andy how are you doing my friend I'm doing good happy holidays to all the listeners of the Broadway Boys podcast Merry Christmas Uh, well we hope you had if you're listening to this on Monday we hope you had a wonderful Christmas uh, a wonderful Hanukkah I believe Kwanzaa starts today so happy Kwanzaa uh, if you're a Canadian listener, happy Boxing Day. And yeah, the, the Rangers really ending, going into the their uh, holiday break with a pretty important, uh, it, it's funny, it didn't feel like it at the time as much, but it's kind of a statement win. It was the perfect cap on this resurgent stretch for them. And honestly, that game in a lot of ways represented a good step forward because uh, as we'll get into when we, we start breaking it down uh, it was just, it started by kind of playing out how their luck has played out against their, most of their rivals and just kind of how the season started for them. Yeah. I, I, listen, it, it was definitely a statement when it was definitely one of those games where you were like, Oh no, like we're really going to lose to the Islanders after, you know, having that hot start. And then, you know, obviously the last game didn't go the way we wanted it with Pittsburgh, but you know, can we bounce back here? Can we show that, you know, we have some sort of guts and, you know, will just to get back on the right track. And I have to say, Andy, for as good as this win felt, which it definitely felt good. They're still so much to talk about with this team. It just still, amazes me that you know in the last 10 we are eight two and zero and i just i don't feel confident going forward sometimes um you know mainly because you know and we'll get into the game but i feel like the biggest theme 
we always wanted a fourth line that can contribute. I think we found the only line that can contribute is the fourth line. And I just feel like eventually the dam is going to have to break on, you know, Panarin, Zibanejad, you know, these guys are going to have to perform five on five. It just can't be the power play show. And when you go one for six and zero for three last game, that's just not going to be good enough to win. And you're lucky that you have a fourth line that works their tail off, throws random pucks on net, uh, gets screens, you know, tip-ins, just, you know, they just battle and do all the things that you need them to do and they get rewarded for it. Whereas our top guys just feel like it's just, they're waiting for it to come instead of making it happen. So uh, a little frustration, but happily we got the win. You know, you know, what were your thoughts after that game? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's a slightly different take, but I, you know, I just, the first goal was just kind of on Shesterkin, it was just kind of a fluke, right? Just kind of a blind pass that goes off Lindgren's skate uh, and it's behind Igor. Not really, nothing he can really do there. I liked the way they came out. I thought they started the game great. They were carrying most of the, I mean, honestly, in, in all actuality, they carried most of the play during that game. So uh, it just, you know, I, uh, maybe to your point, they're still definitely prone to mistakes and breakdowns. Um, but I, what I do like is that for the most part, I think they are playing their, their in zone defense and team defense has definitely been tighter. Yes. They're still allowing players to slip behind them every now and then, but I think for the most part, they're doing a much better job at gapping up and just not so overly cautious in that they, they give their opponents too much room. I saw a lot more skating, uh, match pace matching and gap matching than just that the typical New York Rangers so, you know collapse <laughs> in on the the slot and just give them it becomes a shooting gallery out there. So um, I was pretty heartened by their their performance. You know, Kako makes a he's trying to make a play with the puck and he coughs up to the worst player on the Islanders. You can cough it up to him, Matt Barzell, who who scores on a nice breakaway, which is another a goal. You know, a tough one to stop if you're a goalie. Uh, you know. I would maybe argue on that goal, maybe he could have been a little bit more patient. Uh, and then on the, the third goal, uh, the Romanov uh, slap shot from the blue line, you know, usually Igor's a little bit better getting big and fighting through screens. So maybe on that one, there was a little bit, there were some bodies in the way, so who knows if he, he couldn't see it. But uh, to my knowledge, it wasn't deflected. So maybe he has to do a better job there. But all in all, I thought he was... Uh, you know, he wasn't wasn't his best, but I think that's one of the reasons I like this game for the Rangers is that it was nice to see them help their goaltender out in a game where maybe whether it's his own fault or not, he's just not having the best game. And they were actually able to, you know, give him some support for once, which I think will be huge for the mutually beneficial mental relationship between team and goaltender going forward. So, but yeah, they, I mean, it seemed like a game where... <laughs> We've been saying this for forever. Sammy Blay needs to come out. Julian Gauthier gets back in the lineup, and lo and behold, he's the best player in the game. He's got his speed, gives the range, that fourth line an element of that it's lacked. Uh, scores on a beautiful flip pass uh, from Barkley Goudreau. And, and you know what? Credit, kudos to Gallant for finally seeing the light. I know he loves playing Goudreau up in his top six, but he moves him down, and lo and behold, now our fourth line, we have a viable scoring fourth line for the Rangers. So... Beautiful flip pass to uh, a streaking Gautier who scores on a beautiful 
just nice little uh, forehand, backhand slide, right five hole through Sorokin's legs. And then he takes the shot that uh, Goodrow ends up tipping for the tying goal to make it 3-3. So, uh, yeah, I just thank God the goat's back in. I think you can finally see what the line should be. And, and honestly, I, I've liked Krafts off with Panarin and, and Zabanajad. You know, maybe he, he personally, outside of the one goal he had a couple games ago, uh, he hasn't been personally rewarded, but he's forechecking really well. He can find Panarin and Zabanajad. And you see his skill is starting to come out and that he can extend plays that players like Barkley Goodrow perhaps couldn't, you know? So uh, I honestly, there was a, I, I know you're kind of negative on this team because there's so many, still so many questions. And yeah, they're, they're definitely not perfect and they have areas they need to patch. But I, I see something forming that I think is giving me hope going into the new year. Yeah, and, and listen, don't get me wrong. I understand it's the fourth game in six days and this is a game where the Islanders certainly were getting up for and they might have caught those guys at a bad time playing, you know, over 20 minutes a clip. But that, this is, it's, you know, it's... It's like I'm at a loss for words sometimes. I just feel like I, I don't know what the problem is, and and whether or not you know these guys just I, I want them to be more like the fourth line. Just throw the shit at the net. There's no reason for giveaways and passes to nobody. And good teams, the best teams, the Boston Bruins, the Golden Knights. You saw it against the Devils when you cough up the puck and you give them. Uh, you know, basically free outs constantly, they're going to take advantage of it. And, you know, for the New York Rangers, they, they, they have to clean the giveaways in the offensive zone up. You know, I'm not too concerned about their play in the D zone. Um, you know, I thought they were pretty good in the neutral zone. Uh, and, you know, especially against, you know, Pittsburgh, who likes to clog up the neutral zone and kind of force you to do certain things with the puck. You know, I really, I, you know, an Islander team that, you know, is, you know, struggling, basically playing 500 hockey. I, I thought, you know, we really took it to him. But that can be even better if we just calm down with the blind passing in the offensive zone. There's no reason if you're facing the boards and the puck's getting wrapped, you don't need to like one time pass it between your legs to literally nobody. And I'm talking about like, this is like Panarin. This isn't, you know, Julian Gauthier. This is, you know, Panarin. This is, you know, um, you know, uh, Lafreniere. And it's like those two I, I harp on, but they're the worst two giving the puck away just randomly. But, you know, I think, um, you know, I think for the New York Rangers, we're, we're just going to have to take it one game at a time and hopefully this stuff gets cleaned up. And, you know, it's a much needed four days off. Um, you know, there are a lot of positives. Don't get me wrong with this game. You know, I, I thought Kako getting that goal was huge mentally for him. You know, I was afraid that he was going to get really down on himself and just pout and, and play, you know, you know, you know, woes me, but you know, he fucking found an opening that he followed the play. Miller made a great pass and had the, you know, wherewithal to know that he was streaking down like that. And, and sure enough, he puts in the game winner. And that was such a huge goal. I think not just for Kako, but for the New York Rangers to know that, listen, Things might not be going the way we want. We might, you know, be struggling to score goals. But if you keep working hard and you keep just, you know, throwing the puck on net and, and just making plays, eventually the dam will break and you will, you know, get what you're working for. And, 
you know, I, you saw that out of the fourth line. You, you saw that from, you know, Kako and Miller. It was an excellent play. And, you know, the New York Rangers are just going to have to keep building from that. So um, as uh, if you hear a little background noise, uh, my little one just woke up from her nap. So oh. we're going to let her play in the in the crib and see how she does. Uh, so we're going to keep going here. Uh, right. Andy, you, yes. uh, you know, looking at this game, obviously huge statement game like you said, for the New York Rangers to bounce back from Pittsburgh, beat the New York Islanders. You know, going, going forward, uh, this lineup you mentioned has been kind of set. I think this is the best, you know, you, the best the New York Rangers could look up front with the, with the personnel that we have and crafts up on that first line, which I do think was very good. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, Do you expect uh, Gallant to mix things up before the Capitals game? No, I think the way it ended is basically what he's going to roll with. I mean, obviously, if things don't go well, then the blender starts all over again but uh it seems like after having i think he had uh two assists ben harper so he's not coming out for the time being and you know he's harper is rather unremarkable to me but it's just i don't think it's the and his overall i don't know his analytics probably are not great but at the same time, it just is not the doesn't seem to be the adventure it is every time that Libor Hayek is in the lineup, uh, or uh, and obviously his his the physical presence he brings can't really be understated uh, because he's a he's a big dude, man, and uh, you know he's gotten in a few scrums already, and and honestly, I loved when the Rangers scored the go ahead goal and the Islanders started trying to goon it up. I absolutely love Mika, who's not a fighter, just going after uh jg pajot a because he's bigger than him probably why but b it was just you know mika's not that guy so when when he's getting a little frisky and mixing it up that's when you know the team has the confidence playing with a chip on their shoulder but i think yeah what you're seeing is how it's going to be uh you know the it does seem that gallant likes the panarin and mika duo Kreider, we've been clamoring about it for years him and Trocek have found some chemistry, which is good. And VC on that line is great. So I think the, the, any shuffling you'll see will only be on the right wingers. Uh, it would be, you know, if Kraftsoff is not, if he wants to put Goodrow back up with uh, Panarin and Mika on the right side, he will, and he'll bump Kraftsoff down. Who knows if, if one of the kids is not having a good game, maybe he puts someone else next to them. If Gauthier's having a good game, I wouldn't be surprised if he like bumped one of the kids, you know, if it's Kako on the right down and Gauthier up or Lafreniere down or up, who knows, you know, just depending on how games are going. But I do think 
you know, penciled in for, at morning skate before the Capitals. I think you'll see Panarin, Mika, Kravtsov, uh, the kid line, uh, Kreider, Trocek, VC, and then uh, Brodzinski, uh, 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 Barkley, Goodrow, and uh, the GOAT. So I think that's set. And obviously now our defensemen are pretty much set. They're back. It's kind of settled back to normal. And, you know, you mentioned that Keandre pass. Uh, God, he's finally turned it around this season. Good for him, man. He's got I mean, we need it. We need it bad. We need it. And lo and behold, Truba looks less egregious than he, in these last few games. You know, he might be getting healthier. He might be playing with more confidence. But his partner playing better is really helping. And, you know, 12, Keandre's got 12 points in his last 17 games, and they're all at even strength because he doesn't really get power play. He doesn't get any power play time. Uh, and this is uh, kudos of Steve Cronianos, the draft analyst on Twitter. Capo uh, Caco has five goals in his last ga- eight games. Those are all even strength. Lafreniere has 10 in the last 16. Uh, nine of those are even strength. He's got one on that power play uh, pass he made to uh, uh, Edel the other night. And then Philip Edel, who has been hot, obviously he comes back from that injury and he doesn't look as hot, but he's got 14 points in his last 20, you know, 13 of those at even strength. So I right now we have our fourth line put up of some two goals last night. Uh, the kids have been producing, you know, the last game, Kreider and Trocek were that second line or the yeah. third line, whatever you want to call it, was producing. And then uh, Panarin and Mika and Kraftsoff, you know, they had some goals the other game and, and now, and obviously they're getting it done on the power play. So as that's production from everyone, which is the one thing this team has not had in a while. So things are going right right now. That doesn't mean they can't go wrong or they can't grow cold, but uh, I mean at least they're getting production throughout their lineup for the first time in forever. So that's a, that's a positive note. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And it's funny cause I feel like we can be even more productive. So probably, uh, yeah, as well, especially from, you know, the Panarin Mika connection, you would hope that they could turn into an elite line, I'm not saying that they're going to turn into McDavid and Dreisaitl, but you know, I, I want them to be a, a line like that. I want them, I want other teams to feel like, you know, this team is going to burn us either five on five or on the power play. Uh, and there's no there's no reason why we can't. And, you know, I expect, you know, more. And that's why, you know, when you make the big bucks and you have the bigger seasons and and, you know, you're supposedly leaders of this team, you know, there's more expected of you. So, um, you know, I hope I hope after this break, you know, four days off, you know, they played a bunch of games there. They did they did well, you know, well enough to, you know, you know, I, I guess well enough to, to gain, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, not lost for words, gain, gain momentum there and just climb up the standings a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's going to be no, you know, picnic to, to finish the year off against, um, they're kind of a red hot. I feel like the Capitals win every game now, uh, you have Capitals game on the 27th and then you play, you know, down in Tampa on the 29th, which again, you know, Tampa is, you know, climbing right back up after a sluggish start similar to the Rangers. So, um, yeah, if we finish those two games, oh man, even I'll take a split just to end the year and, and, and thank God that the New York Rangers are, are, are going to finish the new year on a, more of a positive month and positive note because I was scared there. I was scared for, you know, for all Ranger fans that this was not going to be a pretty month and bigger changes were going to be made and, you know, leave us with bigger question marks. But if we still, you know, bring the compete and and, and try to continue to get wins here, you know, 
you know, we have a busy January, so it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And man, I, I just feel like, you know, steady Eddie with this team one game at a time, because I'm not making predictions bad or good anymore. I'm just going to roll with the punches. So, uh, another question for you, Andy, uh, you know, I think once January is kind of done, you expect there, this team to make a move. Do you feel like because we're maybe in the middle of the pack team that Drury won't make a move or maybe not an aggressive move? Or do you think, you know, right now they see this team as definitely a contending team? I would say, well, I think there's two elements to this question. One, I don't think any team is going to make a move until closer to the deadline. Everyone's cap strapped right now. A lot of teams aren't really sure which way they're going to they're going. And I think they have two envelopes on their desk. One has if we are in and if we are out, you know, a couple of weeks from the trade deadline. Uh, I think there's a lot of moving parts. If the Rangers, if the Patrick Kane, New York Rangers synergy is to be believed, there is still a lot of doubt of whether and they were speaking about it when the Rangers were in Chicago about whether or not Taze and Kane truly want to get traded this year. Uh, Patrick Kane might not want to go to a team you know, as a rental and then have to sign with another team as a UFA. I think he would honestly be more from all, if the rumors are to be believed, he would honestly rather wait till the summer, uh, sign with another team. And then at least know he has, he's not going to be flipped around and have to do this all again in another few months. He's also looking at breaking some records, uh, some all time records for the Blackhawks. So, I think a lot of it is fit. It, it'd have to be really enticing. And also, uh, the Blackhawks are rebuilding, and they are going to hold firm on what they want for Patrick Kane. And if you're only taking him as a rental, and they are demanding for Patrick Kane, who, as good as Patrick Kane is, is not having a good season and doesn't really look like himself, you're, you know, if you want to flip, if they are demanding a, a high-end prospect and two first-round picks, uh, I don't for Patrick Kane as a rental. That's a lot. You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of factors. I there's a part of me that thinks that I could see Chris Drury just if if you know, which the one thing I think he's not gonna wait around. I think if there's too much hemming and hawing from the other side, I could see him saying, you know what, I'm gonna take this money and not have to flip as much, get a find a, a partner for Schneider on the third pairing and find maybe one more speedier forward with a scoring touch for to put in the top nine and just to have some depth uh and whether that knocks Brodzinski out or whoever's not playing or hurt or not playing well at the time so be it but i i think honestly the rangers would benefit more from that than just patrick kane um you know yeah i mean, I mean i'd rather have two players worth half his price than than yeah one. i mean and that's the thing he's not having a good year who knows it's he's an older guy and you know he just we already know he just doesn't play much in the way of defense. It's just, is it? Yeah, it's, it's a, you're banking on a lot. You're banking on him having a return to form. You're banking on him and Panera and just it clicking again. Uh, it was a while ago. It, they haven't played together in a long time. And I'm not saying they won't find some chemistry or, but at the same way, yes, they had a great, but you, they, those two got knocked out in the playoffs as well playing their their brand of perimeter hockey that they loved you know that they were torching teams in the regular season but it didn't really do them too much good in the in the when they got bounced in the playoffs but yeah it's i don't know you're you're counting on a lot 
there. But I, Chris Drury, the one thing for all of his faults, I think the one thing that he seems to have nailed at every any given moment, whether it's the bringing in the necessary pieces to make the Rangers harder to play against two years off seasons ago, uh, the the players he added to the Rangers lineup last going, you know, at the trade deadline last year. He seems to have a good pulse for what ails the team and what they need. And he's done a good job getting them those players. So I, I would hope that that continues to be a good strength for him. Uh, so, but again, I think, like I'd mentioned, it's so cap strapped. I don't think you're going to see any movement early. I think it's going to be very close to the trade deadline. And I think you're going to, I think you're going to see a lot of teams not do things and they're going to say, we tried, but the market was just, we're too cap strapped. And it was just, we couldn't, they couldn't either afford it or it was just, they couldn't wait around. And it's just too many people kind of sitting on their hands waiting for dominoes to fall from other, other suitors. So, um, but that's just, that's just one man's opinion. Yeah. And, and well, I'll ask you this, if, you know, if the Rangers not interested in making an addition, um, I know we got the world juniors, you know, coming up. What would you, what are your thoughts on bringing up a player like Othman and seeing what he can bring, especially if he, you know, kind of rips up this tournament and, you know, continues, you know, his scoring touch. I still don't think he's personally ready for the NHL, and I wouldn't burn his ELC just to give him a cup of coffee this year. I think the Rangers are going to need as much flexibility as they can in the coming years, and players like Will Cooley and Brendan Othman will be a big part of that. But I, I don't think either of them should see Garden Ice this season. That, that's just my opinion. I know people that feel differently. Uh, you know, I, I think as much as his offensive toolkit is going to be great, I've been saying, at least for me, I would prefer for once the Rangers to take maybe a little bit a little bit longer development track with him. I think bringing him over to the AHL next year and seeing how he performs there, letting him work on getting his that shot of his off against uh, tougher and stronger competition and finding a shot at it where the pace is a little bit heavier. And then I think it will help his seamless to the NHL as a score go better than what we've seen with... Uh, Especially because Othman is, you know, he's a okay-ish skater, but he's not like a, a burner by any means. And I think players that maybe their foot speed is only average or sub NHL average coming in and needs to develop, uh, I think they they fall into this trap of just trying to make sure they're keeping up with play as opposed to having the time and space to do what they got them drafted in the first place. So I would almost rather Othman just don't burn his ELC. You're going to need that flexibility going forward. Uh, and, you know, just let him play in World Juniors, send him back to the O. I know it sucks for him, but he gets traded to the Peterborough Peets, so he's got another chance to go for a Memorial Cup on a pretty stacked team. Uh, and, yeah, then next year bring him over for the, to the AHL. So um, at least as far as internal uh, pipeline prospects, that we'll, we'll see. You know, I, who knows? Will Cooley seems to be having a really good season, so maybe there's a chance that if anyone got called up, he might. But again. You saw, uh, you know, Brodzinski getting and uh, some other people getting call ups into the right to come up to the Rangers before him. So I guess maybe that's what maybe Drury does think that. And he's like, you know, let's do it this way for now on. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, speaking of world juniors, uh, you know, the tournament for the Team USA starts Monday, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Uh, they start out with Latvia, then Slovakia and Switzerland and Finland. Um, 
Yeah, that's the preliminary round. How, how do you feel about Team USA? And I, obviously, I know you know Rangers have some players playing for different countries, but overall for Team USA, how are you feeling this year? Uh, pretty good. I mean, you know, it's I I still think Canada is the odds-on favorite. It's just their mix of skill and size, but also you know having high-end players overage or like not overage, but high-end players that are a bit older, like. Othman and uh, Shane Wright, and obviously having a player like Connor Bedard, it's just I don't know how you stop that. And then you know, even on the back end, um, but I like I like Team USA as it is right now. They're definitely I would definitely say between them and USA, the Finns and Canada, USA has a, a lot of team speed, which I like. You know. I like Sean Barron's on D. Obviously, Luke Hughes on D is great for them. Um, I don't know if they're, their forward group is pretty good. We had mentioned the Rangers prospect Noah Lava is one of their forwards, one of their you know bottom six forwards. But obviously, you have you know Cutter Gauthier, Logan Cooley, uh, Chaz Lucius, and Rucker McGrody. So you have some like some pretty good players, and I think. They're definitely capable of winning gold, but it's right now. It's I think it's going to be. I think I, I think Canada is still the team to beat this year, even with the Finns. Although they the Finns always seem to pull up these upsets recently because they just play such an immaculate team game. But uh, no, I still think Canada's a team to beat. But you know, I think um, the team USA uh, USA has an awesome decor. Maybe. Uh, you know, their forwards are overall maybe not as high powered as they were in the past with players like uh, past years with, uh, you know, Trevor Zegris and Cole Caulfield and people like that. But, you know, they have, uh, uh, like I had mentioned, Gautier and Logan Cooley and uh, Snuggerud. They have some good players up there. Just I don't think their their forwards are as deep as Canada. So that's going to be their biggest challenge. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, for the preliminary rounds, who would you say is the best in their division? I mean, um, I don't know if you know the divisions off the top of your head, but I can give them to you. Yeah, it's it's what it's uh, their uh, their their group there with Switzerland, uh, Latvia, Latvia. Um, oh God, is, uh, is Slovakia, Sweden, Slovakia? No, Sweden. Sweden's with Canada, and as Finland with Canada this season this year. In fin- that group? Fin- uh, no, Finland's with the U.S. So Finland, I would then that would be my. I think Finland could be the one team that could maybe give them those fits in their group. But I, I'm not as high as on the Finns this year. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, like I said. It's I think they might have a maybe a little bit easier path to into the you know the the medal rounds. But once they're there, it's just this, you know. It's the same thing. So, uh, yeah, Canada is still my team to beat, but doesn't mean Team USA can't do it. But I wouldn't under, I would never, you never want to underrate a team like Finland. I don't know how, how I feel about uh, Sweden this year. Also, I'm not too, they don't blow my, uh, my socks up any which way. But, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think sometimes those years where you don't have too strong of a feeling you know, you you maybe say on paper it should be this way, but that's not necessarily how it'll play out, you know? 
Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, obviously this is just like a f- super fun tournament and everything. And the fact that it goes through the week and then into the next year, uh, it just makes, you know, with this time of year and, you know, how this hockey tournament usually plays out. And, you know, obviously we'll be pulling for the New York or New York, the Team USA and then all the New York Ranger prospects uh, after USA either gets knocked out or they continue to win. I think USA only has one player right La- lava my no crazy? lava yeah who's yeah, had a lava, pretty good, lava. good a pr- yeah. uh, you know i wasn't a fan of the draft pick at the time but he's had a pretty good start to his uh uh college career so good you know good for him uh but yeah i mean like i'd mentioned last game uh the rangers have obviously othman noah laba kai weissen uh uh adam shakora uh for uh slovakia um who i thought got hurt last game i I think he returned though. Uh, yeah, he did return, but also Othman took a, got a really bad high stick. And I think he had, he was bleeding out of the mouth, but he came back with a cage on and scored a, a really nice uh, was you a know, goal from the blue line missile, piss missile, you know, him and Shane Wright have that insane ken- chemistry still from their time uh, with the Don Mills flyers. So, you know, they're lifelong friends. So uh, yeah. And playing with a player like Connor Bedard, who is just nuts uh, is, yeah, there's just too much scoring on that. Just players that can pass, find each other, be physical, and can all snipe in their own right is a pretty dangerous combination for any team. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, I think a good sign for the Rangers is that even though in the you know the last couple years with since they started their rebuild in earnest with the letter, they've had it's been some fun World Junior Championships with a lot of their prospects playing. Uh, you know, even at times where he didn't know if they were going to be Rangers prospects with obviously with La, what Lafreniere and Capococco and, uh, uh, you know, Vitaly Kraftsoff, uh, you know, just all, all the way till now. You know what I mean? It's like they've had a lot of graduate graduating players, but uh, they still have some strong representation for their team. So they've done well to draft in, in their later rounds. So. Uh, yeah, uh, it should be a fun, whether you're a Rangers fan or not, it's always just a fun, it's, it's fun hockey to watch. It's just not as tight. So it's a lot more playmaking. The games are always a lot of fun and, uh, you know, the crowds are always hype. So, um, yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I got nothing else, Andy. I know it's, uh, it's, you know, it's the holiday season here new york rangers are 19 11 and 5 they're sitting in the first wild card spot uh you know right now i'm indifferent about this team although they blew my mind this month of december obviously the month is not over yet we still got two more games against the capitals and the tampa bay lightning if we can just beat the beat the capitals i don't really care what you do against the lightning beat you gotta beat the capitals it's a division rival it's a team that's you know right on your heels uh, in the second wild card spot. So um, to say that game is important is just an understatement. So, um, but that's all I got for you. We got to show up next game. Uh, we play next Tuesday uh, at home against Washington. In my eyes, this is a must-win game. It's kind of like that Islander game. You gotta you gotta show them that you know this team is not just you know uh, we're not going to be a mediocre team we're going to be one of those teams competing for a top three spot in our division with the big boys in carolina new jersey and pittsburgh so uh anything else andy you got anything nope you summed it up pretty perfectly uh like i had said up top happy holidays to all of our listeners we hope you uh 
get everything you wanted as long as you were good girls and boys this year. And like you said, the Rangers go into the, the holiday break on a pretty high note, but then they have just a couple of games to close out the year. And though they're very important, uh, what the Capitals, you know, they might be getting some players back. Apparently Nick Backstrom is getting skating again, pretty healthy, getting close uh, after being out with, you know, that after that surgery, I think it was his hip or something or his whatever. And then Tom Wilson is getting healthy too. So that always adds a powder keg element to these games. Uh, so yeah, you know, the, you want the Rangers to finish strong and, and restore, you know, the faith that they've at least done a good job of partially restoring with this run they've gone on here. But uh, again, happy holidays to everyone listening. Merry Christmas, you know, uh, happy Hanukkah, you know, happy Boxing Day, happy Kwanzaa, and happy World Junior Championships to all who celebrate. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>